Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Listen, I know what you're thinking. And yes, this is a pimple because I got my period this morning. I Good thought times. I had a new mole, but it was a tick. Do you want to see it? <laughs> Welcome to Crush the Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Kirsten Lines, and I'm joined by my cousin and co-host, Aaron Raiderstorm. Did you forget who, your name? <laughs> no, I was going to say finally, and then I changed my mind. It is finally. But it's I was so able finally. to sneak away from roasting everybody in archery so that I could be here today. You're, you're roasting people in a tree? Oh, no. Sorry. I said roasting everybody in archery. Some, like, uh, what? No, sorry. I've just gotten really good at archery over the past few days. Um, well, congratulations, Merida. Thank you. Um, I am so excited about today's episode. Not only is our guest, Rachel Carmen, just delightful, like honestly, so honest, so funny. Um, I also like that she has a raspy voice because I have a raspy voice. So that makes me happy. I also um, like that we talked for like four and a half hours. <laughs> we did. It's been, I'm not going to lie. There's been a lot of editing, a ton of <laughs> editing. We talk about so much in this episode. It's funny because she doesn't really have like a full, complete crushed moment. It's not like, oh, pin, it's almost like we just kind of go with her through life. And it's really fascinating to watch her kind of realize some things. You know, you mm -hmm. asked such a phenomenal question. You were like, you talk a lot about how you didn't know yourself. What have you done to kind of get to like know yourself, get to meet yourself? And I thought it was such a great question. I just think it's something that I think a lot of us maybe don't realize we even struggle with. Is that- Or even know that that's something that they should be working towards figuring out, you mm -hmm. know? And I think that's something that kind of hit me over the head when I graduated college was some, there was like a, an incident that happened that I kind of just, just like shook me. And I was like, what am I doing? This isn't me. I don't hang out with these people. Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, how do I know who I am and who I want to hang out with and what's important to me? I didn't even know I was supposed to be looking for that. I thought it just kind of happened to you. And so I love when we talk to guests who, who talk about, you know, the things that formed them into who they are and how they like really had to work at it. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so hi. Hi. I miss you. I miss you. I'm or, in a bit of a daze, to be honest, but a daze or a pickle? Oof, both. You're in a pickle? No, just really oh. in a daze. Guys, you guys can't see, but Aaron has one, two, three, four if friendship bracelets. Four and then two on my water bottle. Oh, so jealous. That's like the best about camp when kids make you friendship bracelets. All my fans. I'm sorry. What does your button say? It says Aaron. Oh. My name. I I didn't know if it was like Aaron for Congress, Aaron for president. No. I don't know. It was really pretty, but then I fell in a mud pit yesterday and I went in with the shower with it on and it got all rusted. Maybe that's where your tick came from. Honestly. Maybe. Could have been. Good thing it wasn't quicksand though. Yeah. Everybody wants to know how are the woods? How are the woods? The woods are trying to kill me. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm being ticks. honest. Ticks. Ticks. And I had a, a a rough case of poison ivy, which is back with a vengeance, just if anyone was wondering. Oh, it's back. It's back. She's she just back. She missed you. She was like, hello. Mm -hmm. I fell through a porch. Oh, yes. 
Yes, you you sent me pictures. You fell through a porch. I fell through a porch and I tried to not make a big deal out of it. First of all, I really thought my body is half in, half out of this porch. So you've already fallen through the, the I've old already porch. fallen through. Okay. I'm surrounded by nails. And m- my thought was just, okay, I need to accept that these nails have probably sliced up the back of my leg. Yeah. You're going to need a tetanus shot. Yeah. Yeah. I go to push myself up out of the hole and my other arm falls through. This entire deck is just completely <laughs> rotted away. I grab onto the side railing, kind of pull myself up. I call for the other person in the village that had a walkie and she can hear me calling her on the walkie, but she doesn't have her walkie with her. And I'm just going, help, help. Just trying not to alarm any of the campers. Right, 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 right. So finally I pull myself up and I'm able, and I like take a deep breath. I'm like, okay, I'm going to look. I look at my leg. It's scratched, but it's fine. Not a cut, Mm. not like. Not not at all the damage I was expecting to see. And I was just kind of like, how in the world did I fall through this like 80-year-old porch <laughs> and I'm unscathed? It gave me very National Treasure vibes because a lot of things happened to them that probably could have killed them and they were fine. And that's how I felt. Are you two looking for some lost treasure that um, was found? my business. So... Okay. I'm so sorry I asked. <laughs> so sorry I asked. Um, um, okay. But so you're in camp. The woods are trying to kill you. The woods are trying to kill me. How having many, the time of my life. You're having the time of your life. I'm having the time of my life. I'm so happy. I'm trying to think of funny stories that I can tell without You them. just told us that you fell through a porch. That did also happen. I also got stung by a bee. Oh, yeah. And I am allergic to bees. Oh, it was the night of we Wednesday nights are a big night for us. We do cookout and then each village is responsible for putting on their own evening activity. And Mm -hmm. I really wanted to do this lip sync and I did this lip sync event and it was, I got stung by the bee at let's say three ish o'clock. And they were like, the option was, we're going to give you Benadryl and then we're going to monitor you until to see if we need to EpiPen you. Did you know at this point that you were allergic to bees? I knew that in the past I have had allergic reactions oh to bees. Oh my gosh. But it, it, to be fair, this is that the most time, Aaron thing ever. I was stung by like five or six bees that time. It right. was a, 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 so I just thought that the reaction was because of the number. I didn't realize mm, one bee would hit me so hard. But I, I purposely was acting fine towards the nurse so that she wouldn't bend drill me. And so I walked, I was walking back to my cabin. And so she I'm wouldn't like, Benadryl you. I'm kind of on the brink of like, I'm not doing well. And I run into one of one of my really good friends here. And she's like, no, called me out over the walkie and was like, Erin will go to the health center because she doesn't want to miss cookout. And I was like, okay. So they monitored me, did the whole thing. I was fine. I didn't need to be EpiPen, but the Benadryl just like wiped, wiped oh. me out. Okay. I have a really, <laughs> so I'm allergic to tiny spiders in my eye. Excuse me? Yeah. So I know this <laughs> twice. I have by mistake like flicked a spider, like a tiny spider, and then touched my eye and had my eye swell up to like, yeah. It's so embarrassing and it happened like eight I years would apart. I big money <laughs> to see you go to like an allergist and tell them that. Okay, so what happened was years ago, there was a tiny little spider in my first apartment in LA. It was like, it was little tiny spiders, you know? And it was like on the ground. And I was like, I don't know. I just like, I like pushed it away. And then like three seconds later, I touched my eye, not thinking. And like 30 minutes later, my eye swole up to like 
Like it wouldn't open. And I remember a huge crush of mine was coming over and I said, I'm so sorry. I can't come over. I can't open my eye. I have to go to bed. And he was like, what? What? (laughs) Then fast forward eight years later, I'm back at camp um, and I was reading a book and I, it was right after my ex and I called the wedding or my ex called the wedding off. I didn't call it off. Mm. Uh, And I was like reading this book and crying like, like, and I see this spider and this tiny little spider, like, comes down on the book and like, and I just flicked it. Not even thinking, I just flicked it. And then like, I was crying. So I touched my eye and with, I'm not kidding you, with like 10 seconds, but I started tingling and I was like, oh crap. Oh my gosh. I forgot. I'm allergic to those tiny little and spiders I went, when I, I touch don't my know. eye. I don't know. This is the weirdest thing. So then I go to the health, the little health center, the nurse's station. And I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm this is so embarrassing. They're like, what is wrong with you? My eye was like already red and like bulging. And I was like, it's not a big deal. I'm allergic to tiny this spiders. This happens to me all the time. I'm allergic to tiny spiders in my eye. And they're like, what? And so I'm like telling the story and they're like, I don't, okay. Like, okay. and of course it's, it's the nurse at a camp. So she's like, you want some ice? Like, so she goes, she goes, uh, well, I have to give you Benadryl. Like that it's already starting to look kind of crazy. And I was like, no, I, I'm super, like, I can't take Benadryl. I will pass out. And she's like, well, Kirsten, it's that or like, we're going to have to like give you an EpiPen. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, it's just my eye. It goes back in like a day. It's fine. She's like, Kirsten, you need to take, it's like real bad. And I was like, okay, fine. So you take the Benadryl. So I go and teach my next class and it's like improv or acting for TV and film. I don't remember teaching it. I had a co-teacher, thank God. And he was like, you weren't making sense. We just kind of let you sit there. So then I, my next period was like free or something. And I was like, I'm just going to take a nap. I go and take a nap. I sleep for like eight hours. They find me at lunch. I'm like, like in a weird position, drooling. The screen door keeps slamming. It doesn't wake me up. They're like, what is wrong with her? I wake up at dinner and I was like, hey guys. And they're like, what's wrong? I was like, I took Benadryl. <laughs> so just no tiny spiders for you. No tiny spider. I have seen since then, there was a tiny spider one time and I was like, Kirsten, like, get I a can't paper. Touch it. I was like, get a paper towel. Be an adult. Um, I do have a funny camper story that I can remember. I have a couple of funny ones, but they're not as funny if you don't know the kids. Okay. Um, this one, we had a camper who was relatively like, she was so excited to be at camp. She ended up winning the camp spirit award at the end of the week. Um, just loved everything. Now imagine she's eight years old and she's very justice oriented. And so we're sitting at the dinner table. I and she, like her already. Yep. But, uh, but more in the sense of like, in her mind, everything has to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, I have another story about that. Um, so she's sitting at the dinner table and I kind of look and she's sobbing, crying, like full on blubbering. Oh. And I'm like, what? Just so weird for her. And I pull her aside and I'm like, why don't you tell me what's going on? She can't catch a breath. Oh. And she goes, uh, we'll call her Sarah. When Sarah said jinx to me, I didn't talk. But when then I said jinx to Sarah, she <laughs> talked and it's not fair. <laughs> It was, it took everything in me not to just like die laughing in that moment because she was so genuinely upset. And I was, and she was, and I was like, okay. And we kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, if Sarah doesn't play fairly, we're not going to play with Sarah anymore. It was just so good. Isn't that such a good life lesson though? Like if the boy doesn't treat you right, then we're not going to keep out going out with the boy. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, guys, we are really excited about this week's episode. Enjoy meeting Raquel. I think there's going to be some weird stomach sounds, but what? Like there's going to be some, oh, from my microphone that you can hear. I don't know if you could hear them. No, I couldn't. 
but that was a great way to end. No, I thought we were done. Oh, we were done. You can take that out. No, I'm not. Okay. Rachel's story is so crazy good. It deserved two episodes. So that's what we're doing. We're going to have a part one and a part two. I'm so excited for you guys to just meet her. I mean, from identity struggles to addiction, to college, to relationships, to dating, to not dating, to finding her passion and changing her major six times in two weeks. I'm not kidding when I say Rachel is such a wonderful interview and an awesome person. So, so excited for you guys to meet her and get to know Rachel in part one. I'm going to introduce you in a second, but we've just spent the last 25, 30 minutes minutes talking about camp because all three of us have worked at camp or two of the three are currently working working with camp uh, this summer. So yeah, if you guys want to hear that chat, you can't because we didn't record it, but it was phenomenal and you missed all of it. So Rachel Carmen was born and raised in LA or Los Angeles, where she said every one of her friends at one time or another had headshots taken except her with the hope of making it in either acting or modeling. A few did, most did not. That's fine. I don't feel attacked at all at this point. I was a social worker. Oh, I'm reading it as if it was I. I was not a social worker on Skid Row. I know everybody was wondering that, but I was not. Rachel was a social worker on Skid Row for eight years and have been and has been doing various kinds of advocacy work for those without homes for over 15 plus years, which insane. That's amazing. She currently resides in San Diego with her pit bull, Bella, who's currently sitting next to her, but has not made a peep. So that's amazing. She, she hasn't made a peep, although she is... Um scratching herself in the oh, here next to me. Well, yeah. fun image you just gave us. Um, Rachel also- <laughs> Did I make it weird? Uh, no. <laughs> did I make it weird? That's the other part of our podcast. Crush, did I make it weird? Did I make it weird? Rachel also mentors and advocates for teenagers who are or have been homeless, as well as helping train people across the country and how to care for teenagers who have been homeless, incarcerated, trafficked, and or in the foster care system. Welcome, Rachel, to Crush the Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're very- A little bit nervous. I mean, I really came in like, okay, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) I I did promise some people I won't name any names. Did people Um, message you posted something and we're like, I'm about, (laughs) did people were like, please don't say my name. Yeah. Please leave me out of this. (laughs) We should have like a code name. Anytime you don't want to use someone's name, like for a girl, it should be like Tallulah and for a guy, it should be Gary. (laughs) It's always Gary. Or I'll just, I'll pretend like it's a code name, but really they're their actual name. <laughs> they're actual name. I wonder if people do that in books. Every, every celebrity that's ever written like a tell-all, I wonder. I wonder. Rachel, I have a really serious question to ask you. Um, I wasn't I've been gonna, waiting for this question. I wasn't I going to ask you. I wasn't going to ask you because we've moved on in the second season with a new question, but we t- talked yesterday when we kind of debriefed about this and you wanted to answer. So I'm excited. Is it yes. in sync or I mean, I point? feel very emphatically about this answer. Is it in sync or backstreet boys? A 100% in sync. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, when I was 16 years old, 16, like I was driving a car, but at this point, my braces were off. I wrote Justin Timberlake a letter and basically told him that I loved him for who he was, not just because he was a celebrity. And I was very convinced that like somebody read it who was also in love with him and was like, we can't give this to Justin because he'll fall in love with her. 
And <laughs> that's why I haven't heard from him. I'm still waiting to hear from him. Also, so- I have a life-size poster of the NSYNC members behind um, the headboard. It takes up the entire, my queen size headboard at my parents' house. And it is behind there. It's a little flex uh, that you had a queen size bed when you were a child. Just a little flex. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really fancy. (laughs) So right when you were saying that thing about Justin Timberlake, I realized that I too, okay. So I've only written two. No, that's actually not true. I think I wrote Robert. No, wait, what's his name? The guy who played Joseph Pulitzer in Newsies. Cause I found out he was a Christian. I wrote him, (laughs) Robert Duvall. I wrote Robert Duvall in email. I wrote um, I can't think of her right now, but she's an SNL actress. And I found out she was a Christian. I think she actually wrote me back. I found her email or something. She wrote me back. It's right before I moved to LA. I also, so I would have been 21. Okay. So five years older than you. Um, an adult, <laughs> legal to drink. And I decided that I figured out what Justin Timberlake's email address was. Because he loved. Stop it. Yeah. Because his like production company or something is like 10 men. And then he also loved. North Carolina Chapel Hill. So I wrote all these different variations at hotmail.com. It was like 10 men at hotmail.com, um, like number one NC fan at, at hotmail.com or AOL.com. And I wrote them and I just like let him know I was moving to LA. And <laughs> as, as one does, like I'm a huge fan. I love how much he loves Jesus. <laughs> well, I think that was it for me too, is that I was like, I mean, he's, a Christian and he actually is but well and his dance moves lead me to feel things that I didn't know I could feel so I was like this is fantastic we're gonna be together forever um almost all those emails just bounced back except one didn't and I don't know who that person is (laughs) (laughs) that person actually still has a picture on their wall so Robert Duvall a random person from SNL and Justin Timberlake you're all welcome also, I mean, I can top your Robert Duvall. I don't actually know who that is, which is embarrassing. I did really love Newsies, but- uh, He's only- Joseph Pulitzer. Okay. He goes, you should listen to me. You should listen I mean, to me. I remember some of the songs, but that's about it. He doesn't but- sing in that one, but he does sing in the Broadway. I'm so sorry. Keep going. I'm the only that. other fan mail I've ever written was to Ronald Reagan. <laughs> 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 Oh no. And he wrote back. I mean, he probably didn't write back, but I did have a signed picture of him with his dog, which is what I wrote the letter about. We both had uh, Springer Spaniels named Daisy. And that was what informed my politics at the time. Oh my gosh. I wrote to Jonathan Teller Thomas. I've already talked about this on the podcast. When I was 14, I wrote to him and he, I told everyone that my favorite cheese was Gouda. Cause he, and I told him in the letter, I lied to him, J- Jonathan, I lied to you. I'm sorry. I don't know if I, I lied to everybody else, but I also lied to you. And I wrote that because I had read in Nickelodeon magazine that his favorite cheese was Gouda. And, um, oh. I'm, I was lactose intolerant and I've never had Gouda and I lied <laughs> and I just want to apologize. Like Daya. <laughs> yeah. There was no Daya. Uh, yeah. I think I was at that point eating cheese and just pretending anyway. Who cares? That was one question. We have 50 million. <laughs> I have a quick cue. Growing up in LA, did you ever just go and try and find celebrities? I, I don't know how to answer this without sounding like a little bit like, oh, I'm so cool. I'm not. I would say that I grew up sort of celebrity adjacent, did know people who 
have since become celebrities or like I met Justin Taylor Thomas on my, or Justin Taylor Thomas, Jonathan <laughs> Taylor Thomas on my 13th birthday. I'm sorry. Can you just shut up right now? Yeah. What? I know. I know. I got to met, meet the whole cast of Home Improvement. Okay. And I'm, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm, no, no, no. How was that? It was, I mean, this is, I shouldn't share this on a podcast. I had to leave to go to the bathroom because I was so nervous. <laughs> were you guys the same height? Was he shorter? Was he taller? Like, where were you? I mean, I bloomed pretty late. So he was taller than me. I already uh, regret asking this question. I just yeah. need everyone to know. We might have to reschedule this. Kirsten's going to have a moment. I knew someone a long time ago that knew him when I was in LA and they were like, oh, I can, we should all just hang out. And I was like, no. What? No. Definitely not. I was like, I need him to be exactly who he was on the cover of Nickelodeon magazine for the rest of my life. For sure. Yeah. I mean, but I was very proud that I saw his pictures the other day. What I met was him like in character because he was on set. Wait, who's your person? We talk about, we used to talk about this at Starbucks all the time. Like who's the celebrity that walked in that you would have to like step off the floor if they came in? Um, I would actually probably say like, uh, Dodger players. I'm a big Dodger fan. That would be more exciting to me at this point, probably. I don't really know what you're doing on this crush because there's also a crush the podcast that's all about Mark McGuire and him (laughs) and and people keep tagging us and being like, this is my favorite podcast and it's a baseball. We're like, congratulations, but it's not us. (laughs) I mean, one of my first crushes was uh, Brett Butler. (laughs) Brett Butler was maybe like 40 when I was 12 and I was like, I love him. (laughs) Oh, I had a huge crush on Tim Allen. I told everybody I was going to move to Detroit. Detroit because I thought that this weird thing for Tim Allen and Jonathan Taylor Thomas at the same time. I don't know. I anyway, mean, that, feels um, that feels like something to talk about in therapy for sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure I should probably open that can of worms. Anyway, um, we do have a new question for season two. Let's just make it quick. Make it quick. Yeah. Aaron, okay. do you want to ask it? Sure. Uh, you're having a sleepover with your friends growing up. What was the movie that you guys watched? Okay. Nobody's ever heard of this movie, but it was my favorite movie as a child. And it was about summer camp and it was called Poison Ivy. And not the Poison Ivy that was like risque. <laughs> like, Is an Ivy about summer camp? Yes, it was with Michael J. Fox. Yeah, I used to rent it from Blockbuster like every other weekend. Can I just read you a little bit about the back of the VHS? I mean, if yes. you're itching for excitement and a rash of adventure, the hilarious comedy Poison Ivy is going to grow on you. Gross. <laughs> that sounds like an STD. <laughs> Michael J. Fox and Nancy McKeon from Facts of Life star in this zany adventure about an unpredictable summer camp full of hijinks and romance for campers and counselors alike. There's the predictable swimming, boating, and nature hikes at Camp Pinewood, but the fun really begins when pretty assistant nurse Rhonda arrives and catches the eye of heartthrob staff counselor Baxter between bumbling camp director Big Irv. <laughs> That's such an 80s. The shenanigans of five mischievous charges and the amorous advances of Big Irv's wife, Margot. He can't get close enough to the nurse to play doctor. Gross! Will Baxter get his girl before Camp Pinewood gets the best of him? It's the campy comedy Poison Ivy where the fun is contagious and the laughs are breaking out all over. What's funny is that there's probably so many innuendos in that movie that I just never never picked up on. Yeah, to me, like even now, I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) It sounds like there's some sexual tension going on there. I I just liked this movie about a nurse. 
yeah. I just liked that, like Michael J. Fox and the Facts of Life lady were like, yeah, they liked uh, each other and they were working at summer camp. I think they dated. I read his. Speaking of autobiographies, which I don't know, I think we were no, we talked about it. But, uh, I loved his. His is great. He talked My a ton God. about imposter syndrome, actually. Ooh. He would go on set, even after he'd won Emmys, and every day was like, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired. I mean, don't we all? I used to have a, a post-it in my office when I was a social worker that said, we're all just winging it, because a friend of mine said that to me one day. I was like, any day, they're going to realize that I'm actually pretty dumb and have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. And he was like, he's a, a musician, like a successful musician. And he was like, Rachel, none of us know what we're doing. And I was like, and he said, we're all just winging it and I was like I gotta write that down it was like the most profound thing I felt like I'd ever heard was it Mick um, Jagger <laughs> yes you <laughs> might like, know him by Rachel nobody <laughs> nobody knows what they're doing I don't know that's a terrible accent I'm so sorry to everyone that was horrible okay mash when you were 12 or roughly you know middle school were you gonna live in a mansion apartment shack or house I mean, I obviously was going to live in a mansion because who, obviously. who chooses to live in like an apartment, um, which I live in now. Uh, but ne- I mean, 12 year old, I didn't have any concept of how much cleaning would go into that. Oh, that's what everybody says. Everybody's yeah. like, now that sounds terrible. Yeah. Now give me like a two bedroom starter home and I'd be so happy. Like a backyard. All I really want is a yard. You could actually just, you could give me a shack now with a yard and I'd be fine. Who were you going to marry when you were 12? Who was your like ultimate crush? This is also so embarrassing. Um, Adam West, the original Batman. The only reason I know who Adam West is, is because of all of his um, Family Guy cameos. Yes. He was on the Family Guy later. I don't even know what his character was, but I was like, Really until I was like 15. So again, way too old. Um, Adam West was my guy. And because I think he's going to like kiss you and then go pow. (laughs) Also, I mean, just real quick. What was Batman's like super, like, did he have any skills other than being rich? Like, I feel like his superhero shtick was that he was rich. I think it was almost like Iron Man where he's like, he's rich and he has a suit and his suit does he stuff. has no weaknesses. His weakness is only the like kryptonite, right? He can't really. No, that's Superman. Oh, oh, I don't know. Guys, we, this is the best podcast. If you're listening to us right now and you are a fan of any comics, I just want to say you're welcome. Um, I used to always say that I wanted to live in Colorado. I've never been there before, but it was like, seemed like the place. And actually I went there in the fall and didn't want to leave. So I maybe knew myself better than I than I thought when I was a kid. And what did you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a dolphin trainer until I was like 17 years old. So like every suburban Uh, girl wants to be a dolphin trainer. Did Um, you also want to be my arch rival because you met Jonathan Taylor Thomas when you were 13? Was that something you were looking for? Yes, I was actually hoping to meet you eventually. (laughs) I had set up my whole life just to be your arch nemesis (laughs) and like legit like wrote papers on it when I was in high school and I had a biology teacher who I loved I actually had a pretty big crush on him and uh he was like Rachel you are failing my class (laughs) you you cannot be like unless you want to do a lot more science I think you should look into a, a new career path 
because I did. I, I almost failed every science class I ever took, including earth science in college, which was really just like looking at rocks. I just um, love that teacher. I have a really hard time when adults don't tell kids the truth. Obviously oh, yeah. age appropriate diplomatic, obviously. Like I'm not saying be like, you suck. It breaks my heart. I don't watch American Idol anymore, but I did in the first couple of years. And you'd see these people think they're so good. And then they, in front of America, they'd get up and sing. And it was really not great. It was terrible. Right. And these people really believe they're so good. And it's just, right. we were talking about this because we were watching the Disney Channel original movie, Cloud Nine where everybody told her she was great and whatever, Dev Cameron as a snowboarder. But, and we were talking about how it's really important to encourage it's I want to encourage her, but I also want to be honest with her and like what, and you know, but oh my gosh, what a cool teacher that said that to you. He was really great. So I'm gathering you are not married to Adam West in Colorado, living in a mansion and as a dolphin trainer. By the way, dolphin training in Colorado, I feel like is, doesn't- (laughs) Doesn't really. Well, those river dolphins. I mean, I'm not dead yet. The dream's not, the dream hasn't died. <laughs> go I'm going to go back to school for marine biology and, and show that biology teacher that <laughs> I am actually a scientist. Um, okay, so set the stage for your crush moment because it is a little bit like, as, as most crush moments are, it's this leads to this, leads to this, leads to this kind of a thing. So yeah, set the stage a little right. bit. Yeah, it was a little bit tricky trying trying to pick just one. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Crush the Podcast. None of us have just no, one. Honestly, this feels like therapy, um, which I'm all for. So. We are not trained therapists. Please find your own therapist if you yeah. not diagnose you nor help you. Thank you so much. Oh, shoot. In a lot of ways, I think the stage was being set growing up and didn't even realize it. I grew up, I mean, in a really wonderful family. Um but one had pretty debilitating anxiety that was undiagnosed until college. Um, but with the real, I mean, I would say the big life-changing moment for me was my senior high school after really kind of trial and erroring a million different things to find myself, to figure out how to fit in. I grew up in a pretty conservative family and church. And so was pretty rebellious against, I didn't really want to rebel against my parents as much as just the image of like, you all think, you know, what you're going to get from me. We'll all show you. Um, all right to Ronald Reagan and his dog. (laughs) (laughs) And also like to make it clear real quick that my politics have changed. (laughs) We've had so many people on this show that have like been like, I wanted to be this. And now I'm very different in my politics. Right. Oh, for sure. Um, so my senior high school, I actually became addicted to drugs. I started using crystal meth, which is really interesting. Well, one, I always feel a little bit hesitant sharing this in part because while I understand addiction, I don't understand it in the same way that other people do. It was only about like six months of my life where, I mean, I was physically and mentally addicted. I tried to get clean three times before I actually did but it still is not the same. I, I never want to co-op somebody else's struggle that has gone years and years. Um, right. And, and, and having relapses and rehab right. and all that kind of stuff. Just really quick. How did that happen? Cause it's, that's a pretty severe thing to be like, I want to rebel against church. I'm going to now use crystal meth. <laughs> so crystal. was there, was there a bridge or was it just like meth? Here I, I come. 
No, just straight up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was sort of a combination of things. I mean, definitely I was very naive to what I was doing. I had struggled with body image as well as um, what I still have not been diagnosed with it, but um, ADD, at least tendencies, if you will. Right. Um, and so somebody, I remember my freshman year of high school, somebody telling me about it and me being like, whoa, that sounds like the dream. Um, like you're not hungry. So, you know, I was maybe 95 pounds soaking wet at this mm-hmm. point and, and focused. And so it was kind of a, it felt like a, at the time, a solution to these things that I'd been trying to achieve mm. up, growing up of like fitting into the LA crowd, um, finding, you know, being part of like the popular, I always say as well as celebrity adjacent, I, I always say that I was like popular adjacent of like, I was never the popular kid, but I was friends with all of them. Mm. And this felt like I was constantly trying to fit in and trying mm. to figure out like who I was. Um, and the first time I tried it, it was sort of this, like, it felt like the, a dream to me, which sounds horrible, but I mean, I, it was the first time in my life I've ever had straight A's. I mean, I'd never even come close prior to that. Um, and yeah, I wasn't hungry and I was super, like, I was a pretty nerdy addict in that, like, I would do it in the morning. I would do it in the afternoon. I'd do my homework and then it would, I'd go to sleep at night. Um, cause you know, it only lasts so long and then I would do it again in the morning. It was serving um, its purpose I, for you. Yeah. Yeah. It really, to me felt like this thing that was like, whoa, this, I am now the person I've always wanted to be mm. like almost felt like weirdly superhuman of like, yeah, I'm accomplishing all these things that I've wanted and these areas that I've put value and then it, and then I was just more confident because I was getting things done. And I was, you know, my parents were proud of my straight A's. And so it, yeah, it was sort of like the, it, I met a girl, I would TA'd for PE class and a girl told me about it and she ended up being the hookup. And so it, it was a weird progression where it's like, yeah, I wasn't this like burnout kid. If to use like an eighties, nineties term, I was a good kid and wanted to make people happy and wanted to make people proud. And so it was, it was a different sort of rebellion. It wasn't like, Oh, F everyone. It was like, no, this is what's going to make everyone proud of me and make everyone happy. One, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of this big thing with opioid right now is these billboards of like, it's not who you think it is, right? Like, I think people have an image of addiction in their head because anybody, anybody from any walk of life. And I think sometimes we want to almost like in our, I don't know, in our own fear, we either don't want ourselves or people like us or our children or, you know, our partner or whatever. So it's like, if we can put them over in that corner, then, then I'm okay. And I'm safe. And I'm not scared. I'm not scared anymore. Right. And the minute that it comes to our doorstep, whether it's someone we know or someone that looks like us or someone that has a similar story to us, it's like, wait, what? Right. I show people, I mean, I've spoke on this before and I'll show people pictures of me from high school. I mean, I've got like two little pigtail braids in my hair, like look like this sweet, innocent kid. And in a lot of ways, I was, I mean, I'd never, I hadn't kissed a boy up Mm -hmm. until that point. Like I was not this like crazy wild child. Um, and to, 
to really emphasize exactly what you're saying of like, this can happen to anyone if, if not cared for. Cause I mean, I have lovely, lovely parents who are still married and you know, like every part of my life, if you're going on stereotype would say like, this isn't something that they need to be worried about for their. We still have trauma right? Like there's something going on. We're still struggling. We're still actively like pursuing our identity or trying to fit in or trying to be enough. And it can go a million different directions. And for you, it went this direction. For me, it went this like deep, um, like obsession with becoming famous because I thought if I became famous, then everybody would finally recognize who I was. Um, so, and for other people, it's other things, you know, but Well, and even like when I first started going to therapy, I went to therapy. I mean, I've gone off and on really since college um, because of some stuff that happened in college. And then also just because of my career trajectory, there's, I'm faced with so many people's trauma that Mm. I have to check in with myself and with somebody Mm. like, Hey, am I, am I here? And when I first started going to therapy, I remember telling my therapist of like, it wasn't my parents. My parents are wonderful. My parents are not perfect. And through therapy, through therapy, I really realized they weren't perfect. Um, but they really, I mean, they're to this day, like probably my two best friends. Like I call Mm. them, they did a fantastic job parenting. You can do everything you can do and be so loving. And yeah, I mean, we are just, we're, in the world. And it's hard to be human sometimes. Mm. It's hard to be a teenager and it's hard to be an adult. And there's just so much, I mean, there's only so much protecting you can do. Um, It's hard to be a human sometimes. I feel like we should make a t-shirt of that. (laughs) I mean, honestly, (laughs) but so that, that sort of like sets the stage to the the next step. I ended up graduating. um, I got clean right before I graduated high school and I had not, my mom actually applied to college for me. Did you go Um, to rehab? No, I, again, I was so naive that I didn't know I didn't know how gnarly the detox process was going to be. The day, the first day of my spring break of senior year of high school was when I quit. I would say that it was God and then just the knowledge of the security of my home that saved my life Mm. um, and what kept me going. My parents didn't know what was going on, but I still knew that I had their love and support. And so for um, like the first, I think five days of like just violently ill. Mm. Um, so it, that was all during spring break. And then I missed the next week and a half of school. And my parents just thought that I had like a crazy flu. And I think the naive part of me was like, sort of like really was seeing it like the flu. Like, you know, when you're really sick and you're ever, you're like, I'll feel better tomorrow. I did not understand. Like, I didn't understand what I had just done to my body. I mean, especially now having watched so many people go through detox and rehabilitation and, and really feel like I just was really fortunate. Like it doesn't, to me, I don't look at it of like, look how wonderful I am. I did this as much as like, wow, I got really lucky. And I think to have it only being a six month stint, I think changes things to just sort of mentally. I was so scared the whole time that I was doing it, that there was also like real relief to quitting. Um, I felt guilty all the time. You felt guilty when you were using yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, one person in my life knew that I was using other than the guy who was dealing it to me. I just, I felt like 
a shell of myself. Why, what am I doing this for if I'm not happy? I was listening to this. I found my old iPod and I was listening to this mix from high school yesterday. And I just started crying of like, oh, poor little Rachel. Like Mm. I, not that adult Rachel is much better. Adult Rachel's still really confused. (laughs) (laughs) But I, it's weird that I do feel like I almost separate like when I tell this part of my story, it feels so far away that I just feel this extreme empathy and compassion for her 17 year old Rachel of like, gosh, I was so lost. I was so confused. I was in so much pain and I didn't even know it. Like I didn't, it took me a long time to even realize it and sort of reconcile the decisions that I made because again, like I came from this great family. I had a great support system and was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like this thing that I was trying to fix or fill doesn't really make sense because why didn't I have it already? While I'm not proud of those decisions, it's definitely made me more empathetic in my job. Um, When I see these teenagers make some choices that I'm like, what are you actually doing? Um, can I can kind of go back of like, oh, this is, we're all dealing with this same problem and that's trying to figure out who we are. In a weird way, you're almost having identity and imposter syndrome from your addiction. You're like, oh, well, like I'm a middle-class white girl. What am I doing having the, you know what I mean? Right. Like, what am I doing speaking on this? How interesting that even in our stumbles, if you will, we're still having like, oh, I shouldn't be doing <laughs> like totally. Who am yeah. I to, who am I to do math? Like I right. should, I, right. Right. Well, and who am I to talk about this? It, my struggle wasn't as big as other people that I know mm. or yeah, it's, it's like such an uncomfortable, I think that sometimes people, um, come about their stories and their past with this sense of pride of like, look how awful I was. Mm. And I never want to like, it's not my identity. It Mm. is part of how I became who I am and how I've gotten to where I am today. Um, And I'm not, I mean, I'm not proud of it, but I'm also not ashamed anymore um, because I've learned and grown from it. Okay. So, so senior year, so you, you are now not using, we'll just say your, your life has drastically changed. I'll say your mom. Your mom applied to college for you. Yeah, my mom applied to college for me. She said, will you write the essay if I fill out the rest of the application? I was like, sure. I loved writing at the time. I used to actually write um, essays, win money, and buy drugs with it. I mean, I'm telling you, I was the nerdiest drug (laughs) user you've ever met in your life. Erin's face right now is so amazing. She's sounds like, like a bad episode of a teen soap. Honestly, like it this really whole should have been an reads like an ABC after school special. It really does. It's so, <laughs> it's really bizarre. And all the ways you're watching it and you're like, that's not real life. And you're right. like, no, well, I watch those and I'm like, no, that's, I mean, it's not quite cheesy enough to meet <laughs> the standards of my life. After realizing I couldn't become a dolphin trainer, I had no career tra- trajectory. Legitimately, like all I really wanted to do was be a wife and a mom, which is so it's, I actually like when I first agreed to do this podcast, I was like, I can't say that on this podcast because it's just so Christian college ease. 
in in a way that makes me just cringe so hard. <laughs> it's such a weird thing because we're put down when that's what we want, but we're also put down when we don't want that. Right. And it's it's like we as women we're like, "What? Where are we right. like where do we get to be?" I was like, "Oh, I'm not dating anyone here because to push back against that ring by spring mentality." Um and so it really but I also was like, "But I don't know what else to do with my life." So mm maybe I just need it, it. I mean, again, like after school special, I was so confused and was like, just trying to find where I fit in and what I was supposed to do. You know, what's really interesting too. So, you know, there are people in my life that they are full stay at home moms, homeschool, and they are living their best lives, 100%. like literally flourishing. When I see people flourishing, I'm like, oh, that's not for me and that's okay. Right. That's but that's still like something I'm really struggling with. I don't, yeah. not even from the, the mother wife thing, but just like, you know, I think we talked about this, sorry. And then I'll stop talking, but I was talking to somebody about this. Like I didn't like living in Phoenix. We lived in, I loved the people. I love the people. I love that we got to take a breath from LA and like get out of debt and have a good job and everything, but it was not my happy place. Like I don't like cacti. It's just not, I need green. I need, I love rain. Um, and, but I remember I had a friend who I think we'll have on the show and she was like, oh, I just love the desert. It's so beautiful. Like the cacti and the, this and the sunsets, the sunsets are beautiful. But I was like, oh, cause I, we were getting ready to go to New York and I felt guilty for like not wanting to be in Phoenix. And I was like, oh, oh, that's for you. Like this is, right. yeah. I love yeah. Erin right now. She's like, yeah. And I was like, then the people would come visit us in New York and they'd be like, ugh. Ugh, you don't have like a front yard and like, ugh, it's dirty. And like, and I'm like, I love it. I love the train. I love, I love everything yeah. about this. You know, that it was me moment. with England. I always wanted to live in London my whole life. And I finally got there when I was 18 and I was like, this isn't it. This is not <laughs> it for me. And for years I tried to make myself like England. I just don't, it's not ever where I want to live. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to, I was a Christian ministries major. <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm not even worth getting into. It's just laughable <laughs> of like how much it didn't fit me. But I was like, well, it's what I know. So it really was me just sort of going for what felt comfortable. And then I started dating somebody my sophomore year of college. I was like, he's going to end up with somebody so hot. He's so funny. He's so da da da. And uh, my friend David was like, why not you? And I was like, yeah, I'm not attracted to him. I'm not really looking to date. I'm good. <laughs> and then like, I mean, I think six months later, I was like professing my undying love for him while he watched a baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> Can you focus over here? <laughs> Did he profess his love too? Did the Dodgers win? Did I finally forgive her for meeting Jonathan Taylor Thomas? We don't know, but we will find out next week in part two of Rachel's episode. And yes, I'm not kidding. We talked so much that she even joked around about coming back the next week. Rachel, thank you so, 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 so much. This was so lovely. Thank you guys. This was so much fun. I'll be back next week. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.